0: Hey folks, welcome to another episode of In Melbourne Last Week, a conversation podcast where me, Ivan Pugioni, speaks to everyday people who do extraordinary things. Last week I spoke with a cancer survivor, her name is Esther Zhu, and she's a gastric lymphoma survivor, or as she likes to call, a thriver, much like myself. She's been cancer-free for over three years, and she's using her experiences to create video interviews with other thrivers to share their cancer stories. Esther also plans to perform public speaking to uh, her Chinese and Chinese-Australian communities about about cancer and its concept because in those communities cancer is seen as a taboo subject so she kind of wants to destigmatize cancer to her communities there we talk about the triggers which made her go to the specialists to get checked out and finally get her diagnosis Uh, her treatment, and the stigma around cancer in china which i found really interesting the way she was talking about it and uh, how she made the most of her what she calls second life after her remission and esther really loves to put positive spins on things so instead of calling it remission she calls it her reason for mission her reason why she is doing what she is doing she's a really positive lady and i really enjoyed talking to her we were in a cafe in the eastern suburbs of melbourne so you might hear a bit of background noise particularly babies or some music so do apologize if that does affect you but it was a really good conversation nonetheless and i hope you do get a lot out of it i certainly did i haven't spoken to many cancer thrivers since my operation and it was wonderful to talk to her so i hope you enjoy this one as much as i did So I'm sitting in a cafe in Ashburton in a suburb in Melbourne. I'm with uh, Esther Sue. How are you, Esther?
1: I'm good, Ivan. Such a beautiful sunny day and uh, thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Thank you for uh, reaching out to me. You, You wanted to talk to me and I'm really glad I'm finally getting to talk to a fellow cancer survivor.
1: Yes, and actually now I call myself Thriver
0: thriving yeah I've, I've heard that term as well yeah, yeah i guess it's more i don't know it sounds stronger you know it's not you haven't just survived but you're thriving through everything you've gone through
1: yeah really because uh, for me i i really appreciate actually getting cancer and i now when i look back my over three and a half years journey i think it has been the best gift i've been given this life
0: like yeah. having cancer, actually. Yeah, well, actually, I, I say to people that, because I, obviously I to my listeners who may know I, like, I had cancer too, yeah. but for me, yeah. I tell people it's one of the worst things to ever happen to me and also one of the best things to ever happen to me. Do you feel the same way as well? Yeah,
1: I think um, kind of uh, having cancer, um, actually kind of how to describe, like um, when I was growing up, especially as a Chinese background, I was living most of my life trying to fulfill The expectation from my parents or the expectation from my society and i you know a lot of choices i made is truly just to make my parents happy or to to look good in front of others so i never really thought about what i really want so when i after i had a cancer i realized that you know all these things you know the like a career or money that's not really very important compared to kind of living a healthy life or living a, a more fulfilled, a happy life. So that's kind of thing for me. I, actually, I start kind of changing and start searching for...
0: Yeah, I, I, I felt the same too, actually, because, you know, I, was, I used to be worried about little things. But then after what happened to me, like, I felt like those things didn't matter. I felt like... And, and also with money and stuff too. I mean, as long as you have enough to get by, you know, that's okay. Um, but yeah, as long as you have your family and you have what you want to do and you're not living like you were saying before you're living through your parents and their expectations at least you are your own person and you can kind of do your own thing.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. So I'm kind of uh, living a much happier life and uh like a much aware life and I uh, one thing I want to share with you is um when I was first diagnosed with cancer, I had a cancer, you know, my mom, my parents, my friends, they they see me very sad in a way. is I feel sad too because I felt, oh, we get cancer both, you know, Ivan and I, we had a cancer at a very young age and I was, people would say, oh, you're so young. How about your future? <laughs> I always have that mindset. And when I went to 2017, when I first went to a hospital in Mexico, Mexico and an old lady, she had a cancer. She said, She said that to me. She said, you are so lucky to have cancer at very young age. And I asked her why. She said, then you will uh, get the awareness. And I will never rem- uh, forget that because now I'm more conscious about my life. So.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's a way of thinking about it as well. You know, because it's not like you were her. She was 80-odd and then she suddenly got it and she's lived a life where she had to live by other people's expectations. At least, you know, we've got plenty of years, you know, touch wood if all goes well for both of us, plenty of years ahead of us, you know, at least to 80 or 90 or more, if all goes well with modern technology. So we've got plenty to be aware of and and we we can, you and I can prioritize what's important and what's not.
1: Yeah, definitely. So now for my life now is what is really makes me happy or what I can actually help others. So that's kind of uh, my main priority for my living now.
0: So. <laughs> Very good. Well, I, I really love your positive attitude. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> That's all right. Um, So tell us, just going all the way back before your diagnosis. So yeah. pre-diagnosis, did you feel before, you know, you went to the doctors or anything, like how did you realize that something might have been wrong?
1: Yeah, I actually, uh, I think that was um, start from March 2016. I started developing those kind of a needle pen, like a needles plug on my stomach, those needle pen. I didn't pay attention at the beginning, so I went to instead went to doing a lot of acupuncture because I believe in that. Yeah. and but it didn't really solve the issue. And I went to CGP, GP, sent me to a blood test, and it shows I had a Helicobacter positive, which is the common bacteria people will. Carry in in their stomachs, but normally it won't kind of uh, trigger major issues. So I had this positive results from this uh, H. pylori bacteria, and then the doctor told me, the GP said, okay, Esther, take these uh, antibiotics. Ninety-seven percent of people, after taking antibiotics, the bacteria will be, you know, kind of uh, die or become negative. So I was taking that uh, antibiotics maybe for a course of a couple of weeks, and actually it's the kind of uh, calming down then it's may and may i remember first of may is one of my best friend's wedding in china i actually flew back just for three four days just to be her bridesmaid oh. and on my return flight back to melbourne and then on, i rem- remember clearly on the plane that pen came back again and uh, this time is a really more severe more sharp pen like knives so i immediately went back to this gp and i uh, i said oh you know it's something wrong. And then he said, oh, can I give you another antibiotics? And I said, hang on. You told me the first antibiotics can fix 97%. But now you say it's not working. Give me another antibiotics. Uh, is there any other way I can do? And he said, maybe do a gastroscopy. I was always scared about gastroscopy because when I was seeing my mom did that in China when I was little, because in China, uh, at that time, we don't have, you know, what do you, do you say like uh, to numb yourself?
0: Oh, anesthetic.
1: Anesthetic. So my, I witnessed my mom's very painful to swollen things and had the camera going side. So I always rejected to doing that in the past. But this time, I don't know why. Just some calling say you, sh- you should do it. So I went to do it. And then it was a Wednesday, I remember. And after I did this gastroscopy the specialists came I met I, I've been with this specialist for quite a few years because I had a autoimmune issues on my liver before so he's gastro specialist so he's also looking after that part so he saw that photo and uh, I can clearly remember on the photo there's like a lot of holes like a, on the stomach like a volcano like a holes but he didn't mention anything he just said mm, maybe it was related to your autoimmune disease maybe that causing that but he said came to see me on Friday, and at that moment I was a little bit worried because he normally doesn't have clinics on Friday, and he asked me to to see him first thing on Friday. So I was walking outside, or you know, of the you know the surgery place because I, I was always very healthy, strong before. But then just that one second, like that idea coming through, I said, um. Oh. Well, that can be cancer. But then I just flush off because I never thought about that.
0: Yeah, you thought this wouldn't happen to me.
1: Yeah, because I was, you know. And then on Friday morning, I was just by myself. I went to his clinic. I was there early, and he later came came in. I don't know. I was just so so nervous, and I was shaking. And he sat down, and I, that's a that was actually very interesting, like a story for me. He looked at my file, looked at the you know the biopsy results, and then instead of like a normal other specialist, they will give you the diagnosis straight uh, straightforward. He actually asked me a question. He said, "He said, Esther, I have a a good news." and a bad news for you which news do you want to hear first you know at that moment i was already kind of blank and i i told him you know i was so scared i said i want to hear the good news first okay and then he said let me tell you the bad news
0: yeah which will which would lead on to the good news
1: yeah so and i was very upset at that moment i was thinking oh why you give me the choice when you jump ahead and give me the bad news and then he bl- brought up that cancer he said you got a you got a cancer but, and I don't know why maybe I already expect that so I wasn't like I was a little bit shocked but I'm not overly shocked kind of a I feel like a predicted could happen but then I asked him I said oh but you said you have a also have a good news for me so what is the good news And uh, because I said cancer is already worse, is anything can be better than cancer. He said, Esther, you had gastric lymphoma, which is a cancer uh, developed on the lymphatic system around the stomach lining. Which
0: would explain all your pain that you had.
1: Yeah. But he said 90% of people having cancer on stomach, it's all stomach cancer. Only 10% people will have lymphoma. And he said lymphoma has much easier, like much higher cure rate than the stomach cancer. And then after he said that, I always remember this first day of diagnosis in Hawaii. Is I was, I always felt I'm so lucky. You know, I always think I'm that 10%. Thank you for the way that doctor delivered the news. Yeah. So I remember I actually left his home uh, room very relaxed. It's not like many diagnoses.
0: Yeah, so did I. I remember that too. My, my, my surgeon was really positive too. He, yeah. he's, he gave me like a good news, bad news scenario as well. But yeah. he said, we can cue you with luckily it didn't spread but then we can cure you with the operation which I had to have major surgery which I've already spoken about many times so it's all about you today but yeah no I, I get the feeling as well like it's kind of like relief when you leave you're very nervous and scared yeah. when you go in but then you feel a sense of relief when they give you the diagnosis but for, for my specialist he said that these days when you're told you have cancer and I'm sure you can probably attest to this cancer isn't a death sentence like yeah. it used to be is that what is that kind of the vibe you got?
1: Yeah I think this is the vibe I have now is because in our particularly as a Chinese in our belief, a lot of is you know cancer's death sentence. Once you get a cancer, you will die. But not necessary nowadays with our modern you know medicines and the choices and the, with the advanced screening equipment, you may be caught up early and then you you know you get went through treatment quickly and it, there's a highly chances you know you you'll be killed. Yeah. yeah.
0: Definitely, yeah. So after that, so what happened? Like, when did you go to the hospital? What kind of treatments did you have to go through?
1: Yeah, and then um, then because my... Then the specialist uh, referred me to a hematology oncologist. And then I went to... Uh, actually, the oncologist, he's a um, doctor for Peter Mac. At that time, Peter Mac just moving to their new buildings now uh, near Melbourne Uni. So I actually... The oncologist gave me an option is... He asked me whether uh, I can start chemo straight away, but I can stop, you know, can wait for a because he asked me whether I want to have a child in the future. And I said, of course, I want to have a child. So he gave me a month to do IBF so that for future, because some of the drugs may affect my kind of, uh, like a... Like a
0: your reproductive system.
1: Yeah, in the future. And so that's why I did a, like IVF for one cycle, just to make sure that in future, if I want to be a mom and I still have the chance. So after a month of IVF, so I started chemo, which is, uh, did a, like six rounds of chemo around four months or five months at that time like every three weeks is a cycle and then I had a little bit of break in between because I have to make a decision whether I need to do radiation because I was lucky enough during that six rounds of chemo after three rounds the doctor will do a, like an intermediate PET scan to see whether the chemo is effective or not actually I was very lucky after three rounds of chemo my cancer is already gone oh wow fantastic yeah and um, and then you know you're kind of a star weighing around uh, this is something I learned as well because after chemo is done I I can choose not to do radiation but then of course oncologists suggest you to do something on top of that just to have a peace of mind and then to increase your survival rate because originally if you only do chemo maybe 75-80% but if you do chemo and radiation maybe 80-85% but you know radiation you have uh, long-term side effects so I'm kind of, a, my mind is always being worried about future or what happened, and then I start playing around the figures, signify. So I spent a month worrying about, and then one day I realized that, you know, just how to say that, I think those statistics doesn't really mean, and it's a good indication doesn't, but doesn't really mean anything to me exactly, because if you get it, you're 100%, if you not get it, you're, you're 0%, something like that. So I just felt, at that time I felt I have a need to, maybe my Got feeling felt you know i have to do a bit more radiation so I just did it.
0: You did it, yeah. Even though there was only probably another five percent chance of survival, you thought you know I better go ahead and do this, yeah.
1: Because I I say I can never predict the future, but the important thing is okay I I just make a decision now which is serve me the best for now and then yeah because I never know future so I. I just went for and did it, and uh, actually I was very lucky. I had a very good radiologist because my background is doing engineering. I did a lot of mechanical designs, three D. Actually, uh, this uh, radiology actually sit down with me because the area I was scan mainly in the stomach, but because of the, the direction of the beams will come through my spleen or liver or from top will through my chest, so that will be kind of. Uh, Affecting other organs, so we kind of uh, co-design uh, a kind of area which is to minimize the impact on the organs surrounding. So yeah, so he's really really helpful in this case. So yeah.
0: so, so you were, you were able to contribute to where the radiation was going to go.
1: Yeah, so this is something I felt from my journey is you actually instead of uh, you know just uh, just listening to what doctors tell you it's important but also if i have a, i have any questions i will you know i will ask doctors. doctor so maybe i have any concern maybe we, we can do something together even when i initially having my you know when I, my oncologist came to me to bring out the news about my staging because the gestures especially told me I had uh, this cancer, but he couldn't tell me whether I'm stage one, two, three, four. But when the oncologist delivered that news, I believe a lot of uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe a lot of my other people maybe just uh, hear the diagnosis and um, maybe that's it. But for me, because I have read about some booklets about my cancer, so I have a few questions. So actually, I tell the oncologist, I said, I need more time with you, so if you can explain to me some or answer some of my questions. So, yeah.
0: So, what stage were you?
1: I was lucky. So, I was stage one. So, I was only in stomach. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah.
0: right. Yeah, because it didn't spread to the, to the lymph nodes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I was really, really lucky. So.
0: Very lucky. So, you, you caught it early like me.
1: Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: that's good. So, 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 after, so how long were you in hospital for?
1: I was in hospital for only the first 10 days during the chemo because I was, um, the doctor makes sure the drugs won't penetrate my stomach lining and causing stomach uh, like a bleeding so I was there 10 days but uh, I really actually enjoy maybe the new Peter Mac environment and I met a lot of because I was staying on the level 5 which is hematology ward and I met other patients they are more severe than me but they are you know very optimistic positive so yeah and also my mom came all the way from China to look after me and uh, that was a very special for me.
0: Yeah, I could imagine, you know, having her daughter diagnosed, it would have been really hard on her, but at least she was there to look after you.
1: Yeah, and actually for me, the hardest part of my journey, one of the hardest is not really the physical pain of chemo radiation, is actually how to bring the news to my loved ones because I'm the only one here, all my family back home and my parents only have one single child and, um, you know, they all rely on me and they have high expectations. So it is really hard when I have to deliver this news and actually I asked one of my closest friends in China actually went to my home to make sure both of my parents were ha- at home and then I let my friend to deliver the news instead of uh, ringing them. So.
0: so how did they react from what your friend said?
1: Oh, I remember my my mom was, as soon as she heard the news, she, she cried, you know. She, but what I felt really maybe very special is when my friend left my home, she texted me and at that time i was still at work so i ring my mom in my mind before i always thinking my mom before was a very worrying or sensitive or you know, maybe vulnerable person you know she can't bear this news she will offend but when i ring home and you know, my mom pick up the phone and the first thing she said is we will go through together and we are family and she said that so calmly and uh, you know so firm and uh and I was I just crying a lot, yeah,
0: it would have been very humbling for you and very you would have been very relieved to hear that
1: yes, actually i when I heard my diagnosis, I didn't cry. you know, when I through cancer treatment, no matter what painful, I didn't cry because I'm not a person who will show tears, but when my when I was on the phone with my mom, I cried because it's a such a relief oh, for my shoulder like uh, yeah to bring yeah, the news
0: yeah absolutely and and you you're saying before we started recording that in china that there's a bit of stigma behind having cancer so so leading leading in from what how your mother reacted which is obviously really different to how the how chinese people think of of cancer what's the stigma of
1: cancer in, in china yeah i think there's um quite a you know it depends on the older generation where you come from there are quite a few stigmas but nowadays i think it might be better but in the old time i remember when my mom's friends that was maybe uh probably 20 years ago or 25 years ago when she had a cancer other people were very reluctant to to have eat with her because they thinking at that time some chinese people thinking cancer is a contagious disease so yeah you will pass on to me and also there's a big um, kind of uh, mindset regarding cancer is so something about the punishment either maybe you have done something wrong in the past or your parents your family have done something wrong and then you know that's the punishment you got by having the kind of uh, those kind of incurable incurable disease like bad karma so this is another kind of belief we believe in culturally and also the other big things because we believe in if you get a cancer it's a fate it's a fate that's it so you can't change anything you can't do anything to change that So that's why maybe people will be, you know, delaying for treatment or delaying to to do screening because they say, oh, you know, I'm already going to die.
0: And then by that time, if you had that mindset, maybe it was too late. Maybe instead of stage one, it could have been three or four, you know, if you waited three months.
1: Definitely. At that time, my doctor said if you wait for six months to 12 months could be you know stage three and four yeah and miss that chance and
0: then by that stage your options are quite limited and it'd be a very hard road back
1: yeah definitely so and then the other thing is uh in china quite big is um you know as a single child as the hope for parents we tend to compare with each other like if my par, my mom meet with her friends what they often talk about is their kids maybe my My mom's friends would say, oh, my kid now, you know, going to college and earn so much money. Now marry, have a, you know, have a, you know, own children, now become grandma. And uh, my mom felt my daughter not married now have a illness and doesn't know future. So she was a little bit ashamed to mention me. So in fact, my parents decided not to bring my cancer news to oh. to anyone in my family. So it was very sad. So no one now knows I had a cancer.
0: No, like now. So this yeah. is the first time. If they listen to this, then this is the first time they'll know.
1: Yes, of course. This probably wouldn't go to China, but. Oh. Sure. Yeah, my family member doesn't know I had cancer. And uh, one of the things I felt, I often talk, talk to my friend, has been one of my biggest regrets is my grandpa passed away like uh, two, three years ago during my treatment. And he didn't know I had cancer. And I couldn't go home. I couldn't explain to him why I can't co- come home to be with him because I had cancer. And then he passed away. So it's a lot of, uh, yes, it's, it's very, it's kind of missing part regret part that's why i want to uh, hopefully one day i can speak out more about my experience my journey and maybe to let people know that yeah
0: and, and that's what you're doing right now i because mean, you were saying that you're getting more into public speaking and, and you're going to start doing or you've done some videos to put on youtube to uh talk to other survivors or thrivers um yeah. so tell us about that
1: one of them actually i I let go of my job a year ago because before I was doing sales. And uh, first of all, the sales was quite stressful. And then it doesn't really go good with my health. Yeah. But the most important things I find, you know, with my cancer journey, especially as a Chinese. And I I have a, I found I have a mission or I have a message that I want to share with people how I go through my journey not only physically and how I experience emotionally by maybe parents not telling my news with family and also by maybe because maybe Ivan you know going through this journey you will have a lot of uh, worry, fear, emotional challenge, anxious. And this is something in our Chinese community I believe at the moment not very openly talk about because people may more talk about what food you eat or what treatment plan you do, what drugs you eat. But people don't necessarily talk about, like, uh, how, what emotion, how do you feel. I remember when my mom came to look after me, some days I just feel so sad I was crying. And uh, my mom just keeps saying to me, yeah, don't cry, be positive, be strong. But I, I just want to cry. But my mom felt, you know, I have to smile. But that's something I want to tell people Tell my people that it's okay to feel sad. It's important to acknowledge your emotions.
0: Yeah, because even when I was in hospital too, I I felt sad at times too. Like, yeah. and it, it's funny because you know I, I haven't spoken to many thrivers you know since my operation and my recovery, but just hearing the the fact that the main themes are positivity, you know, it, it kind of it, it really drives it home, and, and it's good that I can that we can kind of relate to that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think for me, like I said, the big one of my ch- biggest challenges through my journey, and I'm still dealing with that is emotion how to you know deal with all the emotions during this journey mm.
0: do you feel that because you've, you've been clear for three years now right Or
1: yeah yeah and uh now i don't feel very like because i have a checkup every six months and i'm not as uh, scared as before so because i i trust how my body feel and i believe if my body feel good my checkup will be good and I, I just need to more trust in my own like body you know, my own instincts.
0: Yeah. Which which scan, so you, you said you've been checked every six months, At what time did you feel like that you were okay? Like when was the point, because obviously the first few scans you probably got really frightened that it would return. Yeah. What period of time between 2016 and now did you think, you know, I think it won't come back? Uh,
1: I think after maybe first, uh, maybe one year or one and a half year of clear. Yeah. Because after, during the first year, I was still kind of uh, trying to, you know, my body is still trying to balance and the other thing is every time when I was for the first maybe one year, one one and a half years when I was something not right and I would be kind of screaming looking for doctors trying to fix it but now I feel... I think it's okay maybe maybe the body just tell me you know i need more rest or you know need to take it easy just maybe slow down and uh maybe since will kind of the body will adjust itself a little bit so
0: so so when you get like a mole or something you don't get scared saying oh cancer yeah. or you know you got an ache you think oh what if it's come back there
1: yeah um not as scared as before but yeah. often still you know if the pain there long time but uh, i'm quite a confident with my body like I felt now if I can't rest enough rest and not stress a lot and keep regular good diet or exercises and I you know I should be fine, and uh, now what I focusing on what I want to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's it. That's it. Now you got a really positive mindset, and uh, you're living your life. And hopefully, you and I can uh, live till our nineties or hundreds or more, if all goes well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the other thing I uh, realize, quality life is enough. In, in, ah, uh, it's more important, and uh, I want to do something useful for myself and others and I want to do something I really like and I'm passionate
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. where, like I mentioned, the public speaking in the YouTube videos as well so, um, so what are you, so you going to talk to about your story on uh, YouTube as well as public speaking down the line
1: yeah, so the public speaking I want to just use as my story as a start because my main purpose is to encourage others to speak out their stories because for me when i speak out my journey or uncomfortable suffering and it's a relief for me a lot of people they we tend to maybe especially my people chinese community they suppress themselves and uh, I, i want to encourage people just to share their feelings so i hope i just using My story actually just to inspire or encourage other people to share their stories.
0: Yeah, because in Australia, cancer these days, it's not really taboo like it is in China. People do talk about the feelings and the emotions and that sort of thing. But as well as, I guess, as well as the Chinese community, you want to also speak to other members of the community as well and and get them to open up.
1: Yeah, definitely, because um, I realise... Uh, Because I was doing volunteer, I'm currently doing volunteering in Peter Mac, and I realized not only Chinese community, like also Italian community, some European community, they all have these sorts of, some sort of uh, stigma. And uh, after all, as every human who goes through cancer, you were scared. So, and it's important maybe to talk about, to let people know you are not alone. Someone like us, you know, we will be... Working with you together, alongside with you, yeah.
0: And also, as I mentioned earlier, knowing that cancer isn't a death sentence, if you're told you have it, it doesn't mean you'll die. It's not like 50 years ago where, you know, you're told you have cancer and you'd probably die, you know. There's so many treatment options and there's so many grades. You know, you had stage one, I had stage two. There's there's different grades of it, so it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to die. I think that's the thing too. I think people don't want to think oh if i have it what if i die you know that sort yeah. of thing so I, I, you're talking and you opening up or you, them opening up to you kind of open barriers to that sort of thing and just say look cancer can vary and things can yeah. happen
1: and the other thing i really want to kind of uh, uh highlight or want to tell people is how cancer has actually changed my life you know it brings me to a lot of different experiences i went to mexico and then meeting those amazing people and um, one of the ladies become my close friend and she actually start helping me to actually doing a lot of uh, self-healing work and that was actually the first time I started looking inside about myself
0: and that was in a holistic center in Mexico
1: that was the holistic center in the in the Mexico yeah, yeah. and uh, she first of all you know first time she actually bring me back to see how great I am because after Getting cancer, you know, a lot of my, you know, confidence, self-esteem gets, you know, or diminished or damaged. But she actually brought me back to see how great I am, how much I've achieved, you know, what kind of person I really are. And uh, yeah, so... I kind of start getting on this journey about discovering myself. And then eventually eventually I, you know, even let go of this job and I'll start doing public speaking. And this is something I truly want for myself. It's not for to please my parents. In fact, my parents really against that, but something I really kind of want to do and i i find i have that courage which is i really proud of myself to do that so Cause, that? yeah
0: because the first time in your life you're not living through your parents like you mentioned at the start you're not living their expectations you're living your own expectations
1: yes to, very empowering yeah and i think a lot of people maybe through whether through cancer or through other like a uh, life setbacks to make this change and yeah actually i think uh, like a cancer is actually a um, a teacher, like a a master teacher to teach me, you know, to as a stepping stone towards what I truly want for my life. So since I had this experience and uh now it's my second life I call it I want to use this experience kind of to you know to to benefit myself and benefit others. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The second chance I call I call it for me the second chance in life. Yeah you know. So you call it a second life. But I guess it's similar. It's 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 incredible how our mindsets are very similar in the way that we look at it. It's it's incredible.
1: That's why I was, um, even the YouTube videos or some videos, I, I haven't started YouTube, but that's one of things in my mind. I'm currently just doing some videos on my Facebook, daily Facebook. And after that, I find I was so much appreciated, you know, like everyone's story, you know, their life, their journey, transformation, like all my friends around, surrounding me, you know. I can see all the strengths, a lot of... Uh, yeah, just the transform them. Yeah.
0: Well, if you ever want me to be on one of your videos one day, I'm more than happy to <laughs> to do that.
1: Yes, definitely, I would, I would love to. Yeah, yeah because you are, to me, you are very inspiring, encouraging as well. So.
0: Oh, thank you. Very kind. Well, you've you've gone through a lot more than I did, but uh, you're you're very inspiring to me as well.
1: And uh, yeah, I want to say there's uh, many more many people, including some of my friends, they're go, going through a much harder journey than mine. and I'll, I'll just very kind of. Uh, i was just so inspired by how they cope with their every day even the doctor said there's no cure you know now how they actually living the moment without be you know worrying every day worrying about dying yeah
0: yeah how how what, what to do in the moment like that hour that minute that second that day yeah. just taking it one inch increment at a time
1: yeah how to make the most of you know, what you have, yeah. Yeah.
0: Can we watch any videos yet on on Facebook? Uh, I mean, do you have a public facebook page for it or a public youtube yes, channel uh, oh you do i
1: think i have a private facebook but i open to public which is under my name so
0: oh okay well um, you can send me the link and i can put that in the notes for today's episode yeah. so uh, my listeners can uh, have a look at some of your videos
1: yeah so the reason why i started i actually s- stopped doing now but the first thing when i started is because uh, i let go of my job you know <laughs> then you start have a routine yeah I start sometimes losing the momentum of the day, you know, because every day is the same, and I start getting a little bit lower. And then one day, a friend of mine, she's also an amazing cancer survivor. Actually, I kind of, uh, I, I probably would introduce her to you because she is a great material to yeah, interview. Sure. So she told me, she said, Esther, why not record something meaningful in your life every day, just little things. Sure. And I thought that's why I start recording... You know, every day, like the people I met, and I will proactively approach them to ask their stories and, uh, you know, even little words of people talk to me something, you know, little sentence, which makes me feel good. I will record that. So just, you know, daily meaningful things.
0: Very good. And you can keep that as a keepsake. And you can go back and, and look at what you've done.
1: Yes, definitely. And when I look back, I realize, yeah, this actually... I did only maybe less than 40 days, but every day is different. And I was amazed at how many people I actually met within that short period. And I also amazed actually I can discover all the quite amazing story nearly from all my friends around me and which I don't know before so
0: so they've all opened up to you
1: yeah definitely so that's why I felt really lucky that I have this great like a support group and I think it's important when you go through this journey you know you have a great friends and family with you yes. yeah.
0: so I guess to finish off if you could give a message to anyone who's currently going through cancer their family their friends or even people in fact who've never had it and you know they're kind of stuck in a rut as well in their lives and they don't see the, the bigger picture like you and I what message do you have to those people?
1: for people going through cancer at the moment I will say to them take a day a time a moment a, moment a time and don't let cancer Cancer define you. Cancer is not your Id- identity. You are much bigger than cancer it is. And for other people, you know, for other people, you know, don't have a cancer. And I just say, because we always have, you know, procrastinations or, or maybe we're stuck in our comfort zone our moment. I just say, just do it. If you feel anything you, you want to do, you want to make a change, just do it. Because... You never know what's going to happen next. But the things but the first step you step out and these more windows or more doors will be opening to you. So just cherish the moment and do whatever you feel like just just give it go just yeah
0: give it a go well it's a it's been really cathartic to speak to a fellow thriver i mean i said before that i haven't really spoken to many other thrivers only probably a couple in the last three years so okay. thank you very much for uh, for talking to me today it's been really humbling to, to talk to you and uh, it, it's and just getting similarities on, on on what we think
1: yeah thank you so much ivan and uh, i also i felt you know very connected with you because we have a very similar experience and I I want to say this season what you do will benefit a lot of people and uh, good job for you to put all these things out there and I also want to thank you for this opportunity for me to be able to share with your you know listeners you know your audience so yeah. I really appreciate it
0: well thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you as well thanks Simon <laughs> thank <laughs> I'm you. sure
1: maybe one day we can talk again when we reach another new chapter in our journey
0: indeed well I'll be on your video series for sure so uh, just get in touch if, if you want to talk to me again
1: yeah I will and uh, I think all uh, my friends will love it <laughs> okay
0: great well it's a thank you very much Thank you. That was In Melbourne last week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm always looking for guests, so if you're doing something extraordinary and you wish to share it on the podcast, be sure to send me an email at inmelbournelastweek at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Links to those are in the show notes. You can find In Melbourne last week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts. See you next time with another episode with another special guest. Take care. (laughs)